Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. Today we're going to be talking about self-care. And you've probably been hearing a lot more about self-care lately. On Google Trends, it shows that the number of searches for self-care has more than doubled since 2015. So one of the things I want to make sure that we clear up right away is that self-care is not the same as self-indulgence or being selfish. It really just means taking care of yourself in a way that allows you to be healthy for the long term so that you can really do your job, you can help others and care for others in a way that doesn't burn you out and stop you from being effective. So if you really think about it, as you take care of yourself, you're able to meet the needs of others from a healthier place. This is actually a really interesting thing. I think a lot of times people who are people pleasers really struggle with this where they will just pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out to other people. And then a lot of times they end up getting resentful because nobody's pouring back into them the same way that they're pouring out. And then they end up feeling used up and empty at the end of the day. And so when I'm talking to people who are struggling with people pleasing, I let them know, I'm like, hey, listen, it's okay for you to stop doing so much for other people and focus in a little bit on taking care of some of your own needs. Because a lot of times these people, they're doing these things for other people, but there's a bitter undertone because they're feeling forced to like they don't have a choice in the matter. And a whole idea behind self-care is that when you've taken enough care of yourself, that you then can be joyful about taking care of other people. But if you're embittered, angry, or frustrated about it, generally that's a key sign or indicator that you haven't been spending enough time fulfilling your own needs. So let's talk about the different types of self-care. One is emotional self-care, and that could be things like watching yourself talk, saying no to things that cause extra stress, you know, really setting up those boundaries. Maybe making sure that you're setting up time with someone that really fills your cup or anything else that really helps you emotionally to stay healthy. So the next one is physical self-care. And so this is working at prioritizing sleep, getting involved with an exercise routine, choosing healthy and nourishing foods, all those things that have to do with just that general physical well-being. And the last category is spiritual self-care. This could be spending time in prayer, attending church, getting together in a small group, reading the Bible, keeping a gratitude journal, even incorporating regular acts of kindness throughout the day, practicing mindfulness, just anything that really feeds your soul. So those are the three general categories. And now what we're going to do is we're going to go through just a list of 15 different things that you can do to work on self-care. So the first one is mindfulness. I think this is kind of a buzzword that can lose its meaning if you're not aware of what it really is talking about. But basically what it is, is just trying to pay attention to what's going on with you. So one of the things that I think is really important is that when we're thinking about our body, right, there's no gauges we can just look at to tell us, are we low on food? Are we low on water? Are we experiencing too much emotional distress? And when you're practicing mindfulness, you're just trying to stop and take an assessment and just notice what is going on with me. How am I feeling? What are my emotions? Am I hungry? Am I tired? And just being mindful of what's going on. So not looking at your phone, not watching TV, but just taking some time where nothing's really going on and you're just letting your mind drift to wherever it takes you. And generally that's the indicator that, okay, there's something here that needs to be focused on. 
or something here that needs to be worked on and making sure that you're not just ignoring some of these subtle signals that your body may be sending you either physically or emotionally and making sure that when you notice that they're there that you try to take care of them as best you can. Number two is to take breaks when you need them. Make sure you set aside time for yourself to rest and recharge. And I think when people think of self-care, sometimes they think of like these full days where they have to get a babysitter for the kids and then they go to the spa and they spend time there, right? But really self-care can be you take a 20-minute nap. Maybe you take a three-hour nap, whatever it is, but it doesn't have to be extravagant or these big time slots. Really, it's taking care of yourself in a way that you feel recharged. I actually think that one's something that I'm pretty good at. Whenever I'm feeling tired or exhausted of a task, I'll just kick my feet up for a little bit, do something else. And then when I'm feeling more rejuvenated, then I'll come back to work at finishing that task. Number three is regular physical exercise. Now, a lot of times this can be a difficult thing for people to engage into. And I think one of the things is people try to start off swinging for the fences. They really try to set up some type of schedule like, oh, I'm going to work out an hour every day. And the reason why most people fail is because they try to make too big of a shift in their daily routine. But if you want to integrate exercise and you haven't had it in there yet, just start off by doing something that's five minutes a day, a five minute walk, lifting weights for five minutes or something along those lines. And then when you more regularly integrate that, then you can increase the time. It's easier to add in additional time once you already have that slot carved out. Now, the other part of this is when you do exercise, it does several good things for you. It can help improve your mood. It helps release endorphins. It also is good at helping to alleviate stress. It can assist you with a healthier sleep cycle so that you're burning off some excess energy and it can make it easier to fall asleep at night. And then also it can give you a sense of feeling accomplished and then also help boost your self-esteem. Number four is to get enough sleep. And if you remember from episode 26, where we talked about the 15 tips to build your motivation, we talked a little bit about sleep. And I said, this was an area that I'm going to work on in the new year. And I have to tell you that I've been doing pretty good at this. I've been going to bed a lot earlier so that I can wake up and do all my morning time routines that I love to do in the morning. But that rest that I've been getting has allowed me to feel so much better and truly has allowed me to serve in a different way and not be as on edge with the people that I love. And I know a lot of people will say, because I used to say it, I'll just sleep when I'm dead. But I can tell you when I get the rest that I need, I love my husband so much better. I love my kids so much better. I can serve others and give to the things that I want to so much more effectively and with so much more joy. So getting enough rest can help you feel more energized, improve your mood, increase your ability to cope with stress, and it allows you to face challenges with a different mindset. Now, I think this is something that people oftentimes struggle with, especially if you have anxiety. And a quick tip that you can do if you're struggling with swirling thoughts when you try to go to bed, where you just can't clear your mind enough to fall asleep, is I always tell my clients, try to go to bed 30 minutes earlier than you normally would. And when you lay down and those swirling thoughts come to you, just sit up and grab a journal and then just start writing whatever those swirling thoughts are down onto the piece of paper. Once you're bored of writing, that's basically your brain telling you, okay, I'm not anxious anymore. And then you can lay back down and try to go back to sleep. If the swirling thoughts come back, sit up, journal more, 
And then you might recognize like, okay, actually 15 minutes or 30 minutes is not enough time. I need a little bit more. Or you might realize like, actually just doing five minutes of that is plenty for me. But that's a quick tip that can help people who are having a hard time falling asleep because of anxiety. Number five is eating a healthy diet. Eating a healthy diet can do all kinds of physical benefits to us, but also emotional benefits. And when you're eating more healthy and you're not overeating, you will feel more energized throughout the day because when you overeat, your body actually will send out hormones that will tell you it's time to sleep, right? It wants you to rest and relax if you overeat. But if you eat more manageable sizes, more manageable meals, more healthy food, you will feel more energized throughout the day. And again, this is not talking about extreme dieting, because I understand if you go on extreme diets where you're in a very low calorie deficit, that will steal your energy, right? So if you're eating too much, it'll steal your energy. If you're not eating enough, it'll steal your energy. So it's eating healthy foods at the healthy, appropriate amount. Number six is practice gratitude. We really want you to be able to focus on the things that you're thankful for, because that can help you feel more positive and less stressed. And there are so many different gratitude journals that you can just get online. But if you don't want to get any of those, just grab a notebook, put the date on it, number it one, two, three, and just list out three things that you're thankful for. And the next day, do the same thing. Add the date and then write three things that you're thankful for. And do this consistently. And this is something so easy to do with your kids as well. Just when you're at the dinner table or when you're sitting down, be able to just go around the table and ask everyone what three things they're thankful for and write them down. And some of them may be the same every day, but you'll be surprised at what the kids say and what they come up with for the things that they're thankful for. Next one is connecting with others. And yes, you introverts out there, you still need to connect with others. It helps build and maintain social connections and then helps you to feel supported and less isolated. Now for introverts, you're going to need that less, but you still need it. I'm reminded of that. I had one of my best friends stay over at the house for a couple of days and we just had a blast. We had so much fun together. And even though I can go longer periods of time without so much social contact, those kinds of experiences remind me that being an introvert doesn't mean you don't need that contact. You just need it less frequently. Number eight is to take up a hobby or something that you enjoy. Engaging in activities that bring you joy can help you feel more fulfilled and balanced. So this is different for every person, but find something that you love doing now that maybe you just think, oh, I don't have time to do that, but I would love to do this. It's the same idea where it doesn't have to be an all day thing or an extravagant thing. Just take five or 10 minutes and do that. Or maybe you can think about something that you used to love to do and you kind of just let go. Maybe get back to that. Dust off that old guitar or dust off the sewing machine and get back to that. Whatever it is that you love to do and start to do that, even if it's just little increments at a time. Number nine is set boundaries. It's important to know your limits and communicate them to others. This can help you feel more in control and less overwhelmed. And we have a whole episode that's all about boundaries that goes much more into depth about this. But again, just like we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, if you're feeling like you are overwhelmed or you're embittered when you're doing things, it's because you haven't set enough boundaries out. And you need to set more boundaries up until you can start feeling like, okay, now I have some energy and now I have some willingness to do these things. Number 10 is seek professional help when you need it. And I'm sure you're not surprised by that by now. You've heard it several times from us that if you're struggling with stress, anxiety, mental health issues, don't be afraid to seek the help that you need from a qualified mental health professional. 
The next one is practice relaxation techniques. So techniques like deep breathing. One of the ways I like to do it is you inhale for three seconds till your lungs are completely full during that three seconds. Then you hold it for three seconds. And then you exhale till your lungs are completely empty for three seconds. And then you just keep doing that process over and over again. I actually used to do this before uh, swim competitions. I would do this type of breathing and actually I'd have to be careful about doing it too much because sometimes I would relax myself too much. And you definitely want to have a little bit of adrenaline coursing through your veins before you jump in for your event. Another one you can do is progressive muscle relaxation techniques. So basically what you're starting with is kind of up by your head is you're noticing all your muscles in your head and your jaw. And then what you do is you tighten them so that you know where they're at. And then you work at making sure all those muscles that were tight are now relaxed and then moving down to your neck and doing the same thing. And then your shoulders and then your chest and then your stomach and then your quads and then your calves and then your feet where you're tensing up all those muscles and then relaxing them. It can produce a very calming effect, but then also it's the same idea as mindfulness. You're being mindful of your body and taking account of what's going on everywhere. And a lot of times when you do this progressive muscle relaxation, you realize maybe you're really holding tension somewhere like, oh man, my shoulders were up by my ears and I didn't even hardly know it until I tensed and then tried to relax them. Or meditation and what I like to do for meditation or have clients do for meditation is it's a practice and just trying to keep your mind empty where when things come in thoughts are intrusive thoughts you just try to push it out and you just try to keep your mind as blank as you can the more you practice it the better you can get at working at challenging intrusive or unhealthy thoughts and moving your mind to a place that's more neutral Number 12 is to get organized. Having a clear and organized environment can help reduce stress and help you feel more in control of things. And there are so many different organizational blogs and videos and books that you can read. And especially this time of year where it seems like everyone's trying to get more organized and start the year off right. This is a great time to clear out the clutter and set things up in a way that allows you to feel calmer and allows your space to function in a more efficient way. And one of the things I would say for this is to make your bed. Just make your bed. Going back to the Pareto Principle, it can make your room feel 80% more clean and organized. Number 13 is take time to do something nice for yourself. Whether it's treating yourself to a massage or taking a long bath or maybe going to get coffee or dinner with a friend, it can go a long way to making you feel more balanced and fulfilled. Number 14 is to seek out new experiences. Try new things and step out of your comfort zone, and it can really help you to feel more alive and add variety to your life. So maybe get together with some friends or ask your spouse what's something they've always wanted to try that they haven't, and just go do it. This is something we just did this New Year's, and it's something I'd never done before, but we went out to a fireworks store, got a bunch of fireworks, we were out in a field on the backside of our property, and we just unloaded a ton of fireworks, and it was a blast. I'd never done it before in my life. I've gone to fireworks shows and stuff like that, but I've never lit them off myself. And it was so much fun. And it was a new experience and maybe a little bit uncomfortable at first. It definitely was outside of my comfort zone. But then once we got going, I was like, oh my gosh, this is some of the most fun I've had as an adult in a long time. Yeah, growing up in Hawaii, New Year's Eve is a huge thing. There are more fireworks on New Year's Eve than on 4th of July. And people just light at the sky. So it's something I've, I've always loved. And we've done fireworks. But what Tim's talking about is that this year we did the big aerial fireworks. And the kids just loved it. 
the husbands loved it. They were just, like you said, having a blast. And it was so fun to watch. And we just moved to an area where it's legal to do any kind of fireworks any time of the year. And so it was fun just to be able to experiment and to allow the kids to have so much fun. Another thing that we just did at the beginning of the year, we've done a bunch of them, but we've never taken the kids to do an escape room. And they had such a blast doing it. And obviously it could be a little stressful, but the kids telling them that we were going to go, they were so excited because they've been wanting to go to an escape room for a long time. We went with Tim's best friend's family and our family, and it was a big group and we had so much fun together doing that. And it was such a new thing for the kids. And then number 15 is finding a healthy way to cope with your negative emotions, whether it's through journaling or friends or engaging in creative outlets. Finding healthy ways to cope with those negative emotions can help you feel more balanced and resilient. And I think going back to one of the previous ones, right, just noticing when you're not feeling good and then trying to take action. So when you're being mindful and you're noticing that my emotions are off, don't just ignore them. I think it's one of the biggest mistakes people normally make is they think if I just ignore these emotions long enough, they will go away. Well, I can tell you they definitely won't go away. But what might happen is you might forget you had them but then they're still stored and reserved and they're just kind of simmering in the background. And what it does is it kind of hangs a weight on your emotions. It just makes you feel more blah throughout the day. So make sure that you're really working to find healthy ways to learn to cope with, work through, and manage those negative emotions. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope this gives you a bunch of different ideas of how you can work at self-care. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.